Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, we are back. It is the unofficial 40 podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com podcast, where we got the entire crew ready to go. We've got basketball. We've got ice storms. Uh, we got National Signing Day, which is, entails one person signing. Uh, that I mean, look, we're gonna get to a lot of stuff uh, today, but uh, first off, let's just uh, welcome in the boys. Uh, Josh is uh, back in Houston. Uh, I'm sure just swamped on this day. Eddie and uh, Bob here in the studio with me uh, in the conference room. Where we're trying not to freeze our asses off uh, because it is uh, campus is closed today. We it, we were going to have kind of a big signing day Ugh, media thing, we and were. it got canceled today. It's gonna be like three hours long. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get talked to Emmett Thomas, the new uh, receivers Jones. coach. Jones, Emmett Jones, yeah. the new receivers coach, and um, I don't even know an Emmett Thomas. No, Emmett Smith. Wasn't Emmett Thomas a uh, a uh, what's it called? Uh, what Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas? Clarence, Clarence. Thomas. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well. Someone it's all that been had ruined. The pube anyways. on the Coke can or something, wasn't that right? I don't think that was Clarence Thomas. Hmm. Mystery. I have he no was idea. the one. I, I don't remember. I, mean, I don't know the whole been. story with he and Anita Hill. Anita but there was, Hill, right? They, yeah. That's the one that's dating yeah, Jeffrey Star now. I think. was one of the spicier ones ever for a Supreme Court justice. Wasn't Anita Hill going to be the next Stanford football coach or something? She was on the college football playoff committee, right? That's Condoleezza Con- Rice. Condoleezza Rice. Condi oh, Rice. Condi Rice. I'm getting my... Oh, I don't know. boy. Is, uh-huh. is this racist? Yeah. Is this, this, this wow, banner star? Really Condi- is this racist? I don't know. I mean, you're talking about... You know, <laughs> Condoleezza Rice is a good friend of mine. Uh, we go to... Uh, we, we hang out in some of the same spots. Uh, you know, Augusta National. I went to Berkman's place. She goes to a Berkman's place as well. One of the exclusive uh, venues at the, uh, at the Augusta National. It's off of number five. If you've been, so it's not that big of a deal, but it's kind of a big deal. Maybe she was a Stanford professor. Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. I don't know. I better stop while I'm ahead. Yeah. Um, well, I think we're well behind. <laughs> I'm well, well, well behind to start this show. Uh, I was thinking about this walking through the office the other day, though. Uh, regardless, no matter how many fights we get on the uh, Twitter uh, this week, um, that's gone swimmingly for me. Um, anyway, I was thinking like, don't ever like unless there's like a gunshot or a stabbing like if you find me dead in here someday i didn't do it on purpose i just want everyone to know that i think that's fair i I feel good about my life you didn't you didn't get stabbed on purpose no i if i get murdered that's a whole different case but like i'm not okay I, i no matter how bad things are going or how cold it is i just realized like it's been miserable the last few years it's never going to get so bad that i want to just end it I'm just telling you that right now. So right, that's fair. If I die, it's definitely a mystery murder. Noted. 
Noted. Well, and I think that we, and you I know, also and for the, the longest time, we've had a working list of people that maybe would murder us. <laughs> it's been added to this week. <laughs> it was added to this week. Yes. So that's okay. I, 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 I think the only way it could be self-inflicted for me is probably alcohol poisoning. That, that's a that's a real one. That that's a possibility for all the killers out there that need to frame me. That's uh, that's one I got to watch out for. What, and the reason I was thinking about is like I probably should make like a manual about what to do if I die suddenly, like how to run this place because I, I I need to pass down some knowledge to somebody because what would you do if I just died <sighs> suddenly? I don't know. It depends if I did Carrie, the, if I did the murder. Conversation. <laughs> 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 that, if you weren't in jail. Yeah, it, it, it depends. Well, if I wasn't on the or run. suspect. If I wasn't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I thought I treated Eddie well. I guess I need Eddie's, to rethink things. I, in many ways, Ed, Eddie is like your on-site work wife, and I'm like your work wife in general. So... Um, are Eddie and I similarly seen as suspects? Like that would be interesting. Dun, 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 dun. I think I, I think you both would be suspects for sure. I watch enough Dateline yeah. to Tiffany, know that you don't Tiffany, get away with that kind of stuff. Tiffany these days. would be the non-media villain, bit largest suspect. I think just because I spend no, all, all, all the money that could be going her way. And again, that woman will look you dead in the eye and tell you she knows how to like make like put you into unconscious states without you knowing what's happened. What like, was that's they, a terrifying what? thing to sleep next to someone like that, a true monster. What was the thing on Breaking Bad Ricin? Was that it? How they killed people without anybody yeah. knowing? Well, it was some yeah, type of ricine or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was some, like that was in the pill. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was well, put something it along those lines. Ladies' coffee, the cartel lady. Yes. Spoiler. <laughs> I think Breaking Bad was like <laughs> ten years old today. Or like, is it really? Like what is today? This? I, I th look it up. I mean, Google it. But there, there it has some anniversary for Breaking Bad uh, that it was interesting. It, it started like ten years. It's ago one of the. It, it's one of the great series that I actually watched and uh, thoroughly enjoyed. I am uh, I am actually taking Josh and I both are taking Eddie's mu uh, movie advice or, or series advice, TV advice. And we're both watching Jack Ryan now. Jack Ryan's great. Jack uh, Ryan's first episode date. Season was, two was not season one, but season no. one was maybe season one. Pilot, maybe it was the pilot. That January twentieth was the uh, first episode for Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. January twentieth, two thousand eight. Like so, like a week ago would have been fifteen years. Spoiler. Great series. Yeah, there are no spoilers. 15 uh, years, I think, is the statute of limitations. That's fair. Yeah, I think that we, we, we need to set up like a pod. Like there's certain rules in the pod. Like we're not spoiling if the last episode is, you know, old enough to drive a car or something <laughs> like that. Like there, there has to be some sort of record. Dude, I was saving that. There was a lot of stuff in Breaking Bad that you could not <laughs> see, huh? Is it, like see uh, coming. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, it was, I mean, just a great Tiffany, Tiffany started watching it with me at the same time. I, I Like, I didn't watch it in real time. Like, I probably started watching it, like, in 14 or 15. Same. Like after, uh, nope. No, I think it was, like, right around the time it was going off the air. But it's like, it's the last season. It's going to be incredible. And I was like, okay, I, I, I missed this. I need to go back and watch this. And Tiffany was out with the bathtub scene. That was when she was like, nope, no more for me, thanks. 
And I was like, this is amazing. Like, we just have very different viewing ideas. I say to this day that Tuco is still the most uncomfortable villain in any series. Pretty good actor. Yeah. Pretty good actor. Although, like, the uh, the, the, the the guy Nacho. that leads, like, the... Uh, well, I was just thinking, like, in, in Jack Ryan, the guy that leads the... Uh, Incel, oh, or, yeah, yeah. incel the, or whatever. The, they th- the guy that they thought was the the what like Solomon. A, like yeah, I'm yeah, talking yeah. about Solomon. Suleiman or whatever. I thought he did a really good job yeah. in the first uh, season of Jack Ryan. I thought that. Yeah, I'm shit only like was three badass. episodes in. Okay, so, so you're get you'll, you'll you'll get there. <laughs> I know who he is. I've been yeah, introduced yeah. to his family. Yeah, yeah. You'll get the there. whole first episode was fantastic. I just I'm a big Tom Tom Clancy just slut. I'll watch anything Tom Clancy. Oh. Like, I remember being a kid watching Hunt for Red October at, like, 10 years old and thinking that was, like, the greatest movie I'd ever seen. That was probably the first time I ever saw Sean Connery. Like, prob- <laughs> like for a short period of time, I thought Sean Connery was actually Russian. Yes, he's a Russian. You're like, Russians yes. can have Scottish accents? <laughs> like, wait a minute. You yeah, can bond? You know, what are you talking that, about? He's Russian. <laughs> that is, I mean, like, nobody, that's the one guy that, like, he, he doesn't ever have to have another accent, but you're just like, it's okay, it's Sean Connery. It's fine. He's a Russian. He does what he wants. All right. uh, We have a a new segment, uh, a new sponsor for the pod uh, that is uh, starting with us today. And a new feature on the pod that we're going to do each and every week as we lead into it. Uh, It's the Enjoy Vision Fresh Perspective Look Back. And uh, just a chance for us to kind of look back on on what happened last week, uh, what we missed out on, things that have happened since we potted last. And, uh, guys, I think the Big 12 schedule release, obviously – the thing that most people are talking about. And we're going to talk about all this stuff a, a lot more in de- detail, but uh, just quick thoughts. I mean, I don't think OU got screwed by any no. means. I, think, I thought it was a very fair schedule to them. I, not only is it a fair schedule, but I think just the way that it plays out with the uh, home away, home away, or vice versa, away, home, away, home to end the yeah. season. Like, I know that the short turnaround kind of sucks, and we'll get into it as far as going from Provo to get TCU in your own backyard on a short week on Thanksgiving, but I like the idea of playing a Friday night game or a Friday game. I don't know when the time's going to be. Yeah, I don't know be. when that's going to be. Friday night would be badass, though, if that was, like, the only game that's being played yeah, nationally. Yeah, it would be great, yeah. It'd be really cool. So, uh, you know, I, I think that anything besides that and then on top of just the fact that, you know, I it's a little sad that they're not playing Texas Tech anymore or Kansas State or something like that. Yeah. So we'll get we'll into get it. We'll get into it. Uh, Alabama, Oklahoma over the weekend. I don't think any of us thought that the Sooners would have a chance after watching them destroy Arkansas. You missed the dark episode last week, I, uh, I know, Bob, I did. When, uh, when we basically uh, kind of questioned the uh, the status of the program. We were ready to burn Lloyd Noble down last week. And I still am. You're still up for Actually, a different reason. it wasn't burn it down. It was get rid of it. But then people started saying, I want a T-shirt that just says burn it down with a picture of Lloyd Noble on it. Uh, so we were not only were we mad at OU basketball, we were mad at Lloyd Noble Arena, Lloyd Noble Center. Uh, and all of a sudden you come out of that thing just feeling the court storming. I don't even have a problem with that, but uh, what a just a wire-to-wire win last week. They needed it. They got it. Where do they go from here? That's what we're going to find out. Best, best atmosphere I've been in the Lloyd Noble Center. Since Buddy. Maybe even before that. Like the Buddy stuff kind of came together because it was like this team's going to go Good. maybe was, win a Final yeah. Four or something or get to a Final Four. This was like – out of nowhere, even the – I thought the crowd before the game, like, Joe C came up and was like, this is awesome. I was yeah. like, I can't believe it. And then today is National Signing Day, which uh, we could probably cover that all in this one little tiny segment. Uh, Josh, uh, you know, one signee for the students. Did you think that there was a chance of anything else happening today? 
Not really. I mean, there's just been no movement in that direction. And you look at what Oklahoma's been doing. I mean, all the offer guys, you know, I, I put up our, you know, something I'm trying to make a Monday feature. Okay, we're not selling the site right now. We're just going of, through little short segments. Sure. No, no, just the week of, of <laughs> offers. There were 30 offers made last week, like in five of them. Went so to you're saying kids. So, the, the attention was so much towards the coming classes that you didn't think they were working. So yeah. Hard. Yeah. I mean. Oklahoma's made as many 2026 offers in the last two weeks as they have 2023. So that kind of tells you where where it's all at. Um, so yeah. Well, Taylor Heim is the never... one. The Taylor Heim was the one signature that they have today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about him. Britt Venables released a statement. The university uh, did announce him, and uh, so you, it does kind of make you feel like that's it. I don't think you know schools closed today. That doesn't mean the athletic department can't be open to do stuff. But I'm sure if it would have been a big day. They, but I can't even remember. Did they do the full wrap up in the first, like you know, bringing in Gabe and in all those guys, like the Sooner Sports stuff? Oh, for the December? spring yeah. signing, uh-huh. they did for December. I know because remember, I Brent, remember. Brent you was remember, still down there when he was doing all the press conferences. And you gotta and remember, last year was Brent's first like months on the job, so he had to sign a bunch of a bunch of kids. Right. Didn't have to do that today. And you know, so outside of that, I mean. Uh, you know, Eddie, I know you've been working with Enjoy uh, yeah. quite a bit. And, uh, you know, you're a big reason why they wanted to jump on the pod because they've worked with you. But uh, happy to have them on board as a new sponsor. And I, I know you've personally uh, used their services. So tell us a little bit about yeah. what the, what Enjoy is and, and, how, and, you know, the new the new sponsor of the pod. Yeah, Enjoy Vision was awesome. Uh, you know, it, it was something that I really had never really thought about doing. To be completely honest, outside of, uh, you know, just not really feeling comfortable with the idea of going under any type of laser surgery with my eyes. And, uh, you know, I think he just got to the point where I was like, well, might as well. Let's try it out. And uh, went to Enjoy. They were awesome. Uh, the entire experience. I mean, my mom dropped me off at like 2.30 in the afternoon. I was back home by 6.30 that night. Uh, you know, obviously you go through the entire care, you go back like a, one, one time a week and, you know, for little checkups here and there. But outside of that. It was a very painless process, a very easy process. And, you know, I think if it's something that if you wear contacts or you wear glasses, like the idea of not waking up and thinking, oh, shit, I need to go get contact solution from Walgreens or something mm-hmm. was a very freeing feeling. So never having to worry about that, never having to go go on trips and worry, like, am I going to have enough contact solution? Am I going to need to take my glasses somewhere? Uh, it's been pretty incredible to uh, just wake up and be able to get out of bed and go. So, uh, you know, enjoy vision. Uh, they, I couldn't say anything much more about the process. They're actually giving away to any unofficial 40 listener, uh, $400 off LASIK. Wow. That's all you got to do. You just go to enjoywithme.com. That is the letter in J O Y with me.com and use promo code U 40. If you were interested in, uh, you know, trying out enjoy vision and getting uh, LASIK, it's awesome. I can't say anything better about it. And like, I, it truly is one of those things, Carrie, that when I got it, I was kind of skeptical on like, I, I could see fairly well with contacts, mm-hmm. uh, you know, without contacts now. And, you know, obviously post LASIK surgery, it has been, everything does pop a little bit more. So, uh, couldn't say anything, you know, much more better about the just overall experience with enjoy. They were awesome. And uh, it's fairly easy process to get into. So yeah. enjoyvisionwithme.com or enjoywithme.com, promo code U40. Uh, you, bet you have no excuse now for missing kickoffs. 
I mean, that's why I caught one. <laughs> you that's had the vision one. when you caught one. Yeah. I mean, if Toby Keith wants to get LASIK, he could come get it. I know he's the most famous person in Oklahoma, but either way, I'd even let him get it. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, uh, it is now time for us, uh, the Enjoy Vision Fresh, fresh Perspective look ahead uh, as we move into another week. Uh, Bedlam is coming up tonight. Uh, we've got uh, uh, signing days, we said. We've got more to talk about with the Big 12 schedule. Uh, but let's start with Bedlam. I mean, it's, it's coming up, and so people driving to the game tonight won't make you listen through a whole hour podcast before we talk a little basketball. Uh, be safe out there if you are listening to this while you're driving. I would say, I, I don't know about you guys, but I know the worst weather game for me to ever come to. And there have been several. And, and by the way, kudos to Oklahoma. They've made the game free tonight. Uh, so you don't even have to have a ticket. You can just come and uh, not pay anything. I, I guess they'll give you a ticket. But I would imagine everybody will kind of, as, as happens with games like this, they just kind of crowd down to the floor as it goes along. I remember, I think it was 88 when OU played UNLV. Uh, living in Duncan, my dad... Uh, Loaded, loaded, loaded us up in the Trey Tech conversion van, and it was snowing the entire way, and I thought we were going to die. OU A&M? OU UNLV. Oh, UNLV. Basketball You're talking basketball, game. just yes. basketball. Okay. And that was still, to this day, my greatest college basketball experience of my life. And that place was, it was, it was filled to the rafters. I mean, the snow didn't deter anybody. It was the best game in college basketball that weekend. This isn't that, but still. It's bedlam. I mean, you got, still got one win in conference, even with that Alabama win. Exactly. Uh, you need a home win. Uh, you've got a team that, you know, I mean. They just beat you bad two weeks ago. And you know Oklahoma State, just minutes. like before, they watched all that tape with uh, Sherfield against Alabama, and they're saying, we're going to shut him down tonight. And then, and that's where it started. He had 15 points in the first half of Bedlam and then zero in the second half. And OSU out, outscored OU 48-26 to 26 in the second half just two, uh, two weeks ago. And, and that was the game where Jalen Hill uh, pledged to never let the second half yes, happen again. He, and then you had TCU. I was like, oh, well, dang it. Well, that was an ass whipping <laughs> from the beginning. you, you got to figure it out. But uh, you know, and that's why my – kind of storyline for this week was I, Saturday was incredible for everyone involved with the program, but that doesn't do anything going forward. That didn't punch your ticket into the tournament. That did help you within the big 12 conference. How do you build off of that? How do you avoid the emotional letdown? I think Porter Moser is the right guy to sort of make sure that's not a uh, factor, but I'm just sort of wondering because even on Tuesday, you still had a lot of people talking about, what that moment was like Saturday. I said, well, now you got to get back to it. What did Avery Anderson do so well against Grant Sherfield in the second half of that game in Stillwater? I know. Because it was every time that he came into the game, it was like he just covered he him was, up. He was tremendous, you know. He was, I believe Grant was 0 for 8 when Avery was going against him. And I just thought they did a tr tremendous job of making him work as hard as possible for anything. And that's the tr the growing trend that was was becoming very disturbing is that you know Grant would come out fresh as a daisy and look really good in the first half, but he has to do so much work. You don't have it in him to do that for thirty eight minutes every single game, and and that's why it's so key for Bijan Cortez and Miles 
Uzan to be able to handle the ball as much as possible to give Grant a little bit of a breather so that he's fresh and can take this team home during those final minutes. Uh, let's be honest. This team's a lot better when uh, Tanner Groves doesn't get into foul trouble and he contributes in some manner. I mean, he's probably coming off one of his best games as a Sooner just yes. from a from a whole perspective of doing a little bit of everything. Well, and just the intensity overall. Yeah, I mean, they, was, they punched Alabama in the mouth. They did not respond. Uh, and that almost, was a team that we haven't seen a team you know, be that aggressive and just say, this is our game, we're going to go take it. Almost more impressive than the 50-point first half and the 17-point lead at halftime was the response that you got in the second half when Alabama did make that run. Yes. And then they extended it back out, and it was kind of game over after I that. was waiting for Brandon Miller to have a Cade Cunningham-like performance from a couple of years ago when he just wouldn't let yeah. Cowboys lose. 42 in overtime. At Lloyd Noble. Instead, Jalen Hill and that defense was able to keep him at bay, and then they got it going you know, once again to where it was by 29 at the final media timeout. Like we're so used to these one-possession games. Back and forth. How's the last five minutes going to go? This is by 29. The only question was, would they storm the court? And with two minutes to go, you're like, yeah, they're all getting down there. The yellow coats are going to make sure they don't hit the players, but they're going to open up that court and let them have some fun. What did you make of uh, what Porter Moser talked about after the game with uh, Jalen Hill and just how good he's been defensively this year? Uh, Is there like a, a, a real true case to be made that he should be a first team all defensive player of the year? There is, but I don't think anyone's going to look hard enough at what he's doing. Because he guards one through five. Yeah. It's so hard to pinpoint, oh, he's he's always going to shut down that guy. No, sometimes he has to shut down the center. Sometimes he has to slow down the point guard. Like, so it varies from game to game. You'd have to look at his whole body of work to truly appreciate it. But, yeah, he's been sensational. He's been that way since he arrived in Norman, but he's taken it to another level, both on offense and defense as big 12 conference play has started. You know, it will be interesting. And this is, you know, it's kind of ironic that I'm talking this way a week after I tried to end (laughs) the basketball program. Uh, There were just some questions that need to be, you know, asked. I was just asking questions out into the ether is basically what that was last week. Uh, You do have an ability in this conference that each time you lace it up, and this week is a little bit strange in that you're not having to play two top 25 teams. But First time in 2023. Let's Hypothetically, if you get to five and six, if you were able to win Wednesday night in, in Norman against OSU and then go on the road and win in Morgantown, which is going to be tough. It's an oh, 8 yeah. o'clock tip-off in Morgantown on Saturday night. But if you were able to get to five and six, and then you have Baylor in Kansas next week, it certainly offers an opportunity, doesn't it, to really kind of get back into this thing. And I, I mean, like, truly, like, really make some moves up the, uh, I guess not top 25 pole, but as far as uh, seeding and that kind of stuff goes with the NCAA tournament. Yeah, instead of teetering between first four out, last four in, you know, not even being in those, uh, you know, last four buys, just being in the field and feeling comfortable with where you uh, stand. And, you know, it, it is... This is the only week where they won't have a ranked opponent. So you feel like they got to make the most of it. But West Virginia, at least going into last night, I actually didn't look this morning. They were 25 in the net yeah. rank. Like, yeah. It, you know, it's that's a tough game. It's not going to be easy. And going on the road is never going to be easy. But you would definitely you know, 
you'd have a three-game winning streak going into Waco and then have Kansas coming to Lloyd Noble next uh, Saturday. It's just – you just have to, as Porter said time and time again, short-term memory, just keep going. There's nothing else you can do. No one's going to cry for you. No one like, – we get it. The schedule's tough. But what are you going to do about it? Well, how are you going to make the best of it? And – you know, that's why I'm very curious just how quickly, because we know how they can bounce back from a terrible performance, like against the Frogs. Now, what do you do against after the best one that you've had in at least the last couple of seasons? Even after a loss in Fort Worth on Tuesday night, West Virginia is maintaining at 25 this uh, this morning as of taping. And you have Oklahoma State obviously coming in tonight at 45 Oklahoma hanging out at 54 right now. So yep. there's obviously a lot that can, you know, you're going to move up each time that you win a game here from here on out. Yeah. That two, two week stretch was brutal where OU went from like 43 to 67. And then that one win got them back into the fifties. And I would think if they were able to win Bedlam tonight, they'll be inside the forties. And you know, that's, that's where you got to keep it at. If the net ranking is what matters the most when people – you can't be too far behind. You can't be in the 50s and 60s and kind of clinging for hope that you deserve to have a berth in the tournament. You got to you know, solidify your case throughout this next throughout this next month. As much as it was, you know, kind of about the bench players, and Bryce Thompson obviously had a really good second half up in yes. Stillwater. Uh, you know, I, I thought that you kind of – you go back and you look at – where that thing went south for Oklahoma in the second half. And obviously, like, you know, Porter's talking about it after the game, just as far as they were scoring in the second half. They just couldn't get any stops. So you got to be able to get something on the defensive end tonight. And then, you know, I thought John Michael Wright was good for Oklahoma State. Uh, Woody Newton did a little bit for them in the second half. So it kind of goes back to the role players for me tonight with Oklahoma, just as far as, like, what's Jacob Groves going to give you? What's C.J. Nolan going to give you? Uh, you know, is uh, Otega going to play more? Uh, minutes than he saw. I think he. How many minutes did he? He even played play? mop up duty. And it was had, one minute. And he then had he, the he dunk. Played well, yeah. He had the dunk at the buzzer that no one appreciated. Sure. <laughs> still still sure. water. Sure. Well, I think that there were some people that appreciated it because the dunk at the buzzer and still water made the game go over. So uh, that was definitely did it really. Yeah, that was definitely appreciated <laughs> by a lot of people. Uh, as I think we go off at one thirty two and a half tonight. So. But yeah, it's a big one. You know, it's just intriguing to see if they keep the same mindset with the pace and the tempo that they had Saturday with Bijan, CJ, and it was really weird because if you do that, you that takes Jacob Groves out of the game, and is that gonna is that the recipe for success? He only played eleven minutes against the Tide, wasn't in any foul trouble. That's just that wasn't giving him. Anything. He wasn't giving him anything, so they went a different. Spot if Groves say he makes a couple threes, but the offense slows up. What is the trade off? How is Porter gonna work through that during the next month? And it would be kind of interesting too, just for the fact that I don't know if you can. Like I think that Oklahoma State's probably just from a defensive standpoint. Can you do that against the Big Twelve teams? Play the up tempo pace that they tried to play against out or that they did play against Alabama. Like I'm gonna. That's gonna be kind of interesting here moving forward. As if. They are going to play that style. And, you know, I, I think Tyler Neal made a point of it on Twitter to me that, like, everything looks better when you're making 68% of your shots. So, <laughs> right. Uh, Six you know, of eight from three like, in the first yeah, half. Like, what, was the, what were the numbers coming into the uh, Alabama game? I think they had made, like, it was 5-4-5 five, five was the amount of threes that they had made in the three games preceding. 
and they made six in the first half against Alabama. So it will be, you know, obviously if they shoot the ball like they did against uh, the Crimson Tide, uh, you know, I think they should win and they should probably win, you know, pretty comfortably. But, you know, I think the line going in tonight's three and a half. I, I don't know. I, I think OU wins by seven, eight points. By the way, uh, I know we're, we don't cover women's basketball. Not not big into that. But I uh, want to send out a shout out to really the university and to Steph Curry. Kind of uh, Taylor Robertson set the all-time record for uh, threes in NCAA Division One, and, and Steph Curry was really cool to send her a video message before the game, invited her. Wasn't the greatest Thunder, you know, game the other night. And a little tough, tough at fun. the end. It was fun. It was really fun in the third quarter. Uh, but they ended up pulling it out, Josh Giddy. Yeah, by the way, I hope you gave Josh Giddy some mustache advice because you, you were sitting right in front of him on Saturday. I would never give that man advice on how to look. He is a uh, he's a beautiful man. Do you have a? I get, I dapped him up. So what's up? Dapped him it was up. Good to see Josh. He's one of my good close friends in Oklahoma City. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be on the float with him when uh, we win the world title someday. Did he give you a, 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 a I don't know, a review of our, our newest neighbor, Mavericks, on Campus Corner? I, I don't think he, uh, I don't think he made oh, it over think, to Campus Corner. I think he probably made it over to Campus Corner. I would bet. I'd, well, he can't. He's not 21. Oh, that's true. <laughs> he would have just went to the, straight to the sorority Has that ever then. stopped right. anyone else? <laughs> that's definitely can't, can't go. Can't I mean, do it. When KD was here, he would just stand outside of Market Street while the players were inside and talk to people. What is Market Street? he was 21. Uh, Baker Street. Oh, Baker, Baker Street. Baker yeah, Street. Yeah, yeah. Market okay. Street is in Frisco, Texas. I was that's like, a, what the hell is that? That's a meat joint. <laughs> Baker Street is now torn down. It's now gone. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Memorial. Yeah. It's where uh, Chris the Birdman oh, uh, Anderson oh, used to sell ecstasy to Josh back in the day. <laughs> I ha- I have had a lot of Chris Anderson run-ins at Baker Street. That has happened. He was like the times. king of the bar, wasn't he? Like, that was even – I was yes. almost too young to even come in and, like, underage. I was in high school back in those times. For those that remember, like it was this big, like the bar was central in the in the restaurant or bar, I guess. And you'd walk around; it was just this big, all kind of like a work around all the way around the big bar itself. You know where the the bartenders are working, and in the back was where Anderson was always set up, like directly back behind the bar. And it was like his spot. I bet you. I mean, I saw him in there. A dozen times, at least, probably like that. That that was a definite place where he he spent some time. I mean, there was an extreme addiction that probably uh, led him back there time and time again. But he was he was basically the mayor of Baker Street, and it's kind of yes. it was kind of Cougar Town, USA, too, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, I believe so. The, Not like yeah. Groovy's mm-hmm. Cougar Town, but you know, Northside no, like, yeah, Cougar yeah, Town. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know. Groovy's blasphemy is is not going to be accepted anywhere. No, I'm here. not. There's no That's, blaspheme going on. I I enjoy Groovy's. Okay. All right, there's nothing wrong with Groovy's. But the I think the first time I met Josh, he was at Groovy's. We were at Groovy's huh. in the back corner. Wow. Well, we're aware that that is where I met my missus. Correct. Yes, I do remember that story. Yeah, which that's a okay. very difficult thing okay. to do because guys are pretty aggressive at Groovy's. Yes. Well, I think you don't it's have a lot of time Groovies, to, to dip your lure in the in the water, if you will. Groovies makes a drink that is unparalleled in the city as far as its strength. And I don't care what drink you order; like you're going to get your money's worth at Groovies. Like There's they they are been a lot of Red Bull vodkas drank at uh, Groovies in my time. <laughs> oh, oh I don't, how Lord. does it compete yes. with the Long Island iced tea at Louis? That's pretty severe. 
I don't really like Long Island iced tea, so I don't know if I can speak to that. Those um, are pretty severe I don't everywhere. Know, like I'm, I'm sure I've had it. I don't really like. I don't know that I have a specific memory of it at Louis. Probably <laughs> because the times I've had it, I don't remember it all that well. But uh, yeah. So um, now, I, I, God, that could be a whole. We could do it. We probably should do like a summer segment of drinking around Oklahoma City, the places you would go. We like, could do that. I could get into some places on Western. I bet Eddie could do the same. Um, so Panko Lounge uh, you still, know, uh, still goes hard. Uh huh. That's yep. kind of become like uh, a. Uh, had, now speaking of being under twenty one, I think like cock of the walk was something you could get away with back in the day. You probably could, and you probably yeah. still can't. Uh, yeah, yeah, to be honest with you. Pro- I was gonna say club special at cock of the walk. If that doesn't have you walking interestingly after a, one or two of those, you're gonna you're you're a stronger soldier than I am. That is a serious drink. The sip has turned into uh, quite the hangout for like people my age and below. Like that's like the spot to go right now on Western. Wow. Uh, hmm. it, in my day, it was Tapworks was kind of the, the main hangout. And those are RIP. all gone now. Yeah, another one. There's there was one in... on Western, and then there was one in on Oh, Bricktown. I didn't even realize that there was two of them. Yeah. The was, only one that one I always Bricktown did was too. downtown. Bricktown, yeah. No, there was one right there across from, uh, like, right in that. It, nothing's there now, but there was a Tapworks that was right there uh, from the split T. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Caddy I, corner, I did not but, realize that that's what that was. Yeah. Or that was even Maybe it there. wasn't there for... Maybe it wasn't always a tap works, but in in our day it was. Wow. F- is F- Flips isn't still there anymore, oh, yeah. is it? Oh, oh Flips yeah. is still there, going strong. Yeah. Flips on Friday night. Okay. Flips okay. is surrounded by yeah. nothing but new shit. Like, everything <laughs> <Yeah>. is <laughs> yes. hoity-toity around it, but it's still Flips. And I will say, like, on a nice spring day... Flip's patio is still a very, it's a top patio in Oklahoma City. I mean, they cannot tear down the one place that I've seen Cherokee Ballard get into a fist fight in the parking lot. Put some respect <laughs> on that name. I like Cherokee Ballard. I, 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 you've told me that she's, she's very cool. She is. That one night, though, I just saw a crazy woman fighting in the parking lot. And I respect and that. And then everyone said, that's Channel 5's Cherokee Ballard. I love that. We need. Hey, I don't know. If we, need more, five, we need Women more. We need more fight. That's fine. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but those were the days when the douchebags would drive Ferraris up in there and everything. Because uh, it was you know Nichols Hills. I, I think that that's still probably yeah. going on a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Now you just have to uh, kind of go around the uh, the apartment complex that somebody burned down and nobody ever got into. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> that was something. I By mean, the way, it, Eddie it's still funny does... how it just nobody ever talks about it anymore. <laughs> Eddie we're still good. does not have walls in his apartment, so no, we're still working on that. It's uh, it's a real trying time right now over at the uh, the compound. He, I think Josh, he's preparing me for when uh, he has to call me and ask for bail money. Well, I, I thought about this this morning. If I need to like contact uh, like one of my buddies that's a lawyer and like, do I need to get a lawyer involved in this? Because there's been no yes. like progress. Why don't you call Mike Morgan and have him send out uh, four in your corner or whatever? It because is. If, it, if I called Mike Morgan, he'd send him to the wrong fucking apartment <laughs> with the way that he's doing things right now. <laughs> wave two. There was, I mean, this is supposed to be wave three of winter weather. There was no wave two. Yeah, there was. It was all on Tuesday. They said it was going to be on Wednesday. I mean, we're basically. It was all on Monday. They said it was going to be on Tuesday. We're basically canceling school right now for dry roads. We're and canceling cold. school for neighborhoods. I could. I can't see bus. I just see my own neighborhood. I can't see that bus surviving. The great Todd Lisenby said it best this morning. Those kids can walk to the front of the neighborhood and get on the bus. 
don't need to come into the neighborhoods. Just they pick might them up. Slip and fall down and skin yes. a knee. Yeah, no, that, they're going. That's the, that's the that's the world that we live in right now. Uh, all right, uh, you know what we need right now? A palate cleanser. And uh, what's better than that than PrimeShrimp.com? Uh, go to PrimeShrimp.com. P R I M E S R E. I'm not even going to spell that. P R I M E Shrimp.com. Uh, and uh, use your promo code Sooner Scoop. And uh, that will. Here's the deal: If you buy five packages or more, and and now Prime Shrimp's packages, they're single packages. So, ten ninety nine. Say you want to get the New Orleans style barbecue shrimp. Let's say you want to get the signature Cajun seasoned shrimp for for nine ninety nine. Just keep adding those up. When you buy five packages, you get twenty percent off your entire order, and uh, they will uh, ship it right to you. So, uh, go check them out: garlic or butter, uh, the French Quarter Alfredo. I think. That is a lot of people's favorites, the lemon and cracked pepper chicken. Or you can just get the unseasoned if you're like Bob and you want to grill your shrimp. Uh, just take them out of the bag, uh, let them thaw out, put them on the grill, season them how you want. Uh, and uh, it's just a restaurant-quality meal, less than 10 minutes. Just boil some water, throw it in there, and you're done. Maybe add some pasta to it, uh, and it is just an easy, like I said, no mess, no fuss, restaurant-quality sh- uh, dinner. That's primeshrimp.com. Uh, go check them out. Use that promo code SoonerScoop and get 20% off uh, all orders of five packs or more. Okay. Um, the, uh, the schedule was released. I think it's time we, we kind of really dig deep into that. And um, we talked a little bit about it there with the uh, Enjoy Vision uh, look back and, and what we missed last week uh, since we potted. But obviously this came out yesterday. My, you know, I thought the two most interesting things, or the, the most interesting thing was Two teams, Oklahoma and Texas, made no effort to... Still have it. And still have it. No press release, no no social media. Like, they just let the Big 12 put it out there, and that was it. It's not a coincidence, right? No, no. I mean, and it just kind of goes to show... Like, But here's the thing. Like, what does that mean? Like, I'm trying to figure it out. What does that mean that they did not put their... Is that them not putting their blessing on it? Is that feeling like, okay, you made us play the Thanksgiving plus one games... Uh, and we didn't want to do that. We told you we didn't want to do that. Like, it, 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 I don't know how that matters because, like, OU and Nebraska used to play the day after Thanksgiving. I mean, this is nothing new in the world of OU football. Uh, I just don't know what the rub could have been where they just couldn't be like, you know, we're not putting it out there. I think that it's probably – I mean, the only thing that I can kind of – I guess it hints towards – is what I think a lot of people kind of expect at some point in between now and the time that they open camp in August is that it's announced that, you know, this is probably going to be the last year of the Big 12 and they just don't want to promote it. We're not celebrating anything because this isn't our conference anymore. Yeah, we want like, people to have a hint that we don't. And I thought maybe they just wanted to play the original members. I didn't think they wanted to play any of the new guys. I don't and think it's, that they're like that naive and thinking that they would be able to yeah, have any shots called, right? Yeah, but th- that's what they wanted. And yeah. They didn't come, come close to that. I, like, why? I don't know. From an OU perspective, I love the idea of going to two new places. I think it's going to be right. awesome. Yeah. Now, I say that, and they could very well go out to Provo and get beat. They get beat in Cincinnati, but like, it's not like they got just they didn't get screwed. No, I mean when you're missing Baylor, Tech, and Kansas, Kansas State. State, that's three of your losses from last year. Yeah, yes. To I me, mean, the, the most curious. I'm sorry, Josh, if you wanted to jump in there. No, no, no. You're. I mean, it's just one of those things where, like, I, I'm with Eddie. I I am starting to, and I we can get into that a little bit, but 
I'm growing more and more of a feeling that this is the last year in the Big 12. Like, I, I'm just talking to some various people, and I've talked to you guys about that some privately. Like, I, I think that's gaining momentum. I One of the questions that I do have as far as, like, and I, I know we're talking about the schedule, and I don't want to derail it here, but, like, one of the questions sure, that same. I have as far as when the move would be made, would OU and Texas, would they also compete in basketball, like, would you finish the entire uh, sports calendar? Would you play baseball in Big 12 next spring? Or would you start in the SEC? Like, If, I, if it's 24, yeah, I think they play everything all the way through 23. Right. So they would play basketball in the Big yep. 12 next year? No. Yeah. Really? No. I'm saying it, no. Because it would start in the 23. Really? It would start in 23. So you're, you're yeah, saying true. if, if but, what what I'm saying is correct and what you know what Eddie hinted at as well, you think this could be OU's last season as a Big 12 basketball team? I kind of think that they would finish basketball. Right. Out. It would be the 24-25 calendar year, which is the 24 yeah. football season. So you that, would get okay, one, that, run, one yeah, more run of sense. everything. Yes. yes. Football, softball, baseball, yep. basketball soccer, everything, yep. and then you make the move. That would make the most sense to me. And for those spring tours, that means like, you know, two, baseball, softball, this one, then the right. next one. Sorry. Right. It's not, right. But the it's way most, it's playing now is like football would move next year. I mean, after after 23 is what I'm saying. Right. Yes. Right. But so, you still have basketball at the end of that 23. Oh, you, you see well, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. No, I think you go all 23 all the way through softball okay. and baseball, and then everything moves. Yeah. But see, that could yeah, that'll be confusing people just because those go in the twenty four, right? But it, that's the tail tail end of the twenty three, not the start of 24, 25. Right? No, I think I I mean that yeah, that would be that like, would like a, like a that count. would almost be like if they were going in twenty four, then you put softball now. No, they they'll play softball right. this year. Then when once football starts, everything is moved over. That would make sense because football's the technically. You know, or I guess soccer technically is the soccer, first sport volleyball, out of the football. Game. Well, yeah. and the Big Twelve needs that because of their TV package. Like they don't want to keep giving money to OU if, when the NCAA tournament gets here. Uh, whatever softball generates, I mean, I'm sure it's more revenue now, but uh, they want to get their schedules worked out too, where everybody is playing everybody and it's set. And so it's just too much of a mess to try and have, you know, piece it to where basketball is still a part of it in 24. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right, back to the schedule. So uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting is just just Oklahoma State. Like, w how does that happen? I, I, do Missing they let all that the Texas happen? schools outside of Houston. It just seems like a <laughs> like a bad idea for them. But maybe it's one of those things where Mike Gundy knows, like, look, we don't want to go into Texas. This is going to be a terrible team next year. We don't want to embarrass ourselves, like playing other teams. And like, it's, I mean, it's such a defeatist attitude, though, if that's what they did. I don't like how did they go about the scheduling? Like, how did they go about deciding who's going where and who's mm -hmm. going to play who, who's going to miss who? They had to tell their members, like, submit what is your must haves. Like, what, what is, like, rank them, like, one through we'll uh, do the best nine or whatever. Like, what are the teams that you really need or feel you have to have on sure. your schedule? So mm -hmm. I'm sure, oh, you put Texas mm -hmm. and Oklahoma State. Yeah, I'm OSU sure. got Bedlam at still the thing Stillwater. Is the, OSU would have put Texas up there, wouldn't they? I mean, they beat them every year. It seems like. I mean, it helps with their season ticket packages. Like, 
you look at it right now, like, why am I buying a season ticket to OSU other than Bedlam? That's it. Was it for OU? BYU is probably, you know, they got to play Kansas State. I mean, nobody looks at Kansas as a, you know, but Cincinnati there. I mean, it's just weird. Yeah. I, it, it, guys, go ahead, Josh. If you're UCF, are you not pissed? They're the one school of the new four that didn't get a home game with OU or Texas. And we all know those are the premium draws. Those are the, that OU, I mean, and far be it for me to say anyone from Orlando deserves anything good to ever happen to them. (laughs) But my boy, UCF, like I, I, I'd be pissed. I mean, like you get Baylor, West Virginia. Now they do get Oklahoma state, which is, you know, I would say what, with the exception of TCU of the remaining big 12 is probably the biggest name that remains. Um, but I, I just assumed they were going to do OU goes to two of the new ones and Texas goes to two of the new ones and call it square. But I, I almost think Texas had to be like, fine, we'll do Houston. We don't want to do Houston. <laughs> Houston is beneath us, but that's all you're getting if you're going to send us to Houston. It kind of feels like that Houston-Texas game has been uh, – set up since the moment that this thing was announced <laughs> like it, it, it like feels like, like we'll join if you'll yeah. send texas here next right year. i don't know though i mean if you're texas though i don't think the big 12 gave them any preference i think the big 12 said you can have ou and that's all we're guaranteeing next year you can have dallas because it makes you money and sells you season tickets but oh. you have no other say i could see it being that way you ready showtime on May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. God, we would all hate it, and we would be screaming from the rooftops right now. But what a flex would it have been if Big 12's like, no, you Texas this week year. They just take it away. like that. <laughs> I haven't even thought about that until this moment, but that would have been just elite trolling from the Big 12. That would have probably resulted in... Lawsuits. That, that, well, yes. Lawsuits, but also a phone call from uh, a television partner saying... Hey, uh, yeah, yeah. you know that new contract that we just signed? We're going to tear that up unless you, you better rethink this, this yeah. little uh, decision about not having OU in Texas, the two premier programs. But of that's the, the uh, thing, too. The like ESPN and Fox probably wanted to have some say in this as well. I mean, that's something that nobody's talked about. Like, sure. they don't want terrible matchups. They didn't want the Big 12 to come in and sabotage OU in Texas. I mean, they want OU to go out to BYU. They want that TCU OU thanksgiving day game i mean it's crazy because we were talking about this this morning but like what to expect in the conference next year like who can figure that like i was like i'd probably put kansas state as my preseason number one sitting here today but i didn't even know exactly what they're losing because they were like an ancient football team with covid and all that stuff last year I mean, uh, like oklahoma state how far are they on, on paper if we're just talking about on paper TCU who's... lost a bunch it should be Texas, shouldn't I it? Think te- I think that's mm-hmm. what I said, is I think the way it happens every year Just is Texas, on paper. Texas gets overvoted, though, by the media and the, and the coaches. Like, 
They always get more first place votes than they should have. This year, I think they're going to be the preseason number one. Looking year. at looking at you know just on paper again. OU should be probably I don't know about pick to win the conference, but just their schedule wise, right? You know, it's I know that people are talking about on the board and stuff. It's like if, you know, Venable doesn't get to nine wins this next season, he's not the guy. I don't know if I'm there yet, but they should be able to rack up a lot of uh, wins and they'll be favored in a lot of games. Like if you if you make if, the steps that you're supposed to make. Oh, I think this is. I mean, how many one possession problem. games can you lose? It's going to be a problem if we don't do this next year. But I think after last year, people are going to expect us to do a doom pod again. Well, I mean, it because we be didn't do one last year, and people were upset if we would have pointed out all the things that could go wrong. Like that's what happened in the eleven and one, eleven and two season, or whatever. Like all the stuff that we pointed out could go wrong, pretty much went wrong. Yeah, and but I think I am a little and bit. Oh, you listened to us, and they addressed <laughs> what they could. I I am a little bit blinded in that. Like I don't know. As weird as it is to say, I feel almost reassured that this staff is going to be able to figure this thing out with what they were able to do in closing this class and going into the portal and getting guys to still buy in and come back to what, you know, at times I think with the way that things went down in a six and seven season that, you know, if, if you didn't believe in what they were doing as a program, you could have very easily entered the portal and got out of here. But yep. with the amount of guys that did kind of sign back up, if you will, it makes me think that this thing is headed in the right direction. And, Maybe what, last year was just kind of a, a shit year as far as winning games late. Here's the thing about what we don't know. And I think, like, they're mirror images of each other, but opposites. Like, we don't know if OSU is going to be any good, but we think they might be terrible. We don't know if how good OU is going to be, but there's a chance they could be really good. Like, it, OU trends towards the positive <laughs> just as much as OSU trends towards the negative. I think a lot of that has to do with just the last 20 years, right? No, it has to do with the fact they lost their quarterback. Go and, quarterback. And, and they had a quarterback mass exodus runs in the, yes. on the defense, the offense, no receivers. Like, they're, I mean, they're recruiting Division three guys. Or no, taking I, transfers from Division three. Like, I just don't know who's going to fall. Like, tell me why Texas should be number one. I know that that's what we think will get voted in, or I do at least. But, I mean, start going through there. You're going to find some holes, I'm telling you. Right? I mean, their offensive line is the best thing about Texas well, coming, I, coming back I, next I year. think that, like, a lot of the uh, the idea that they're going to be better is talking, and you start at the quarterback position and say, well, Quinn Ewers should be better. But you've also got to realize that Texas fans have an expectation that Arch Manning is coming in and starting right away. Well, those people so, are idiots. But Quinn Ewers, <laughs> if he plays like he did last year, they're going to boo him off the field. No, and I, yeah. that's, it's a very it, his it, accuracy was a disaster. I mean, like is it the year? Like his best game was against Oklahoma. It was all downhill from there. We talked about that. Yeah, no, it is, and he can't play that way and survive with Arch Manning standing on the sideline next year. It does seem like though that if you can just throw the ball forward, if you can get the ball out of your hand. They have some guys that if you can just get the ball in their hands. I don't know, Josh. I mean, do they have running backs waiting in the wings at Texas? Yeah, that freshman well, kid's going to be good. The, yeah, Brooks. they they signed Cedric Baxter, who for some was the number one running back in the country. Like, he, okay. he is a legitimate guy. Um, they've also got, you know, you look, Jonathan Brooks, Brooks really highly yeah. regarded. The Keelan Robinson's kid's a good player. Um, well, so we I mean, can't we can't look at Gavin are. Sawchuck in the bowl game and say like, oh, OU's okay now, and then just say Texas can't do the same thing. Yeah. 
especially yeah, with that offensive like, I mean, line. Like, I mean, guys, we know how it is. Like Texas's problem has always been a line of scrimmage. Um, and I, you know, you look at who they return and there, there's some good pieces there, but I, I don't think it's anything. In, uh, that's the thing. Like, it's not like it was, you know, even just a few years ago for Oklahoma where the, the, the margin for error is large. Like all these teams have flaws, like have problems. I, I can absolutely see a case where Oklahoma is the best team in the big 12, but based on what we saw last year, how do I have confidence in that? Like, yeah. how do I believe that will happen? I think there's going to be a big step forward this year, but I, God guys, I, I thought they were going to win the big 12 last year coming into the season. Sure. Like I thought they were the best team. And, uh, but at the same time, like, if you look at a team, probably with the exception of Oklahoma State, that has a chance to go nuclear, like Texas has some of that stuff. Like the whole Xavier Worthy thing is weird. Uh, you know, your defense is graduating a lot of, you know, some older guys bringing in some younger ones. There's, I don't know, there's some elements there that just see. And then, of course, what happens if Quinn Ewers plays the first half of next year like he played the last half of this one? Like what? What happens there? Like you've got Arch Manning just waiting and everybody is already ready to move on from Quinn Ewers and anoint Arch Manning the guy. But I mean, that's got Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams vibes. Yep. Um, and I don't think there is as much talent around though, you know, Manning and Ewers as there was Williams and Rattler to kind of bail out some of those problems. Especially when you're going to Bama. Instead of Bama mm -hmm. coming to your place. Bama's going to be really pissed yeah. off. Yes. <laughs> and Nick Saban had a man look him in the eye and tell him he no longer ran the SEC. Alabama's going to be on a war path <laughs> yeah. next year. Like, they are going to kill people. I, a pissed off Nick Saban, I, that's terrifying. Meh. <laughs> okay. That, thing, that thing's over. Okay. okay. It's up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but guys, I, I'm trying to look at the and Kansas I say State that roster. With a smile. I don't believe that. But there is a if I and again I'm I'm looking at our lads, which is what always pulls up when you ask for a over a depth chart of any school, and so, and it's it's unreliable and you can't tell who they've really moved off the roster and that kind of stuff. But looking at it, if it's any of it's to be right, it is unbelievable how many guys they could lose off this roster. Like, I'm trying to make sure I've got some of this right, but, like, obviously Deuce Vaughn and DK Azama is, you know, like, uh, they lost. If, if what I'm looking at is right, they will also lose every single specialist on their roster from the punter to the holder to the kick return game, like, everybody. Now, again, I'm not saying I'm sure of this, but it's clear Kansas State has taken a huge hit, and we know TCU is in the same boat. You know, it, it is interesting in this the school that I guess we kind of have to talk about just because, and ironically enough, Oklahoma doesn't play him. Like, what's to be expected in Joey McGuire's second season out in Lubbock? I don't think anybody had them winning nine games this past year. That's a sneaky team, man. Like, I, I think they're going to be pretty decent next year. I, I kind of like what they got the quarterback got coming back again mm -hmm. which kind of checks that box if that's where we're starting with everybody at quarterback i'm i i mean i thought about texas tech but the one that i wonder the most about is kansas yep i mean leipold has is he's not 
He's building something. Like, I don't think it's going to go down. I just don't know if it can go up. Does that make, like, maybe get to eight? Is that like a ceiling for Kansas? Eight, seven, I mean, or eight they were, wins? What, six and oh before uh, the quarterback got hurt? Yeah, I just, I don't know. Were they going to be really, truly go beat anybody, though? Kansas? I, and I, mean, I might have beaten Oklahoma. They're coming where they had their quarterback. Oklahoma's not in a bowl game, in my opinion. TCU on the ropes. It's 31 31. Two months ago in the fourth. I, I just don't know how, the, from a longevity standpoint, if they can continue to keep that thing leveled. I don't know. Well, maybe maybe guys, not. Maybe it, that I'm not giving enough credit. Like, I just feel like a lot of that, I don't know. There were some factors in play that won't always be there. For, it was almost like a special season, if you will. I feel like we need a thumb bet, maybe. It, um, <laughs> by the way. It begs the question, though. What gets you in to the championship game? Like, I could see a world where nine games, nine wins get you into the into the Big 12 championship next year. It's going to be a little bit of a shit show with the, the four new teams. Like, I don't think Houston, like, Houston's always going to be Houston to me. I know that that kind of sounds bad, but. Uh, no, I think they. And they I love lose. Dana. I love Dana, but. Dana Holgerson teams just are kind of what Dana Holgerson teams yeah. are. Maybe every three, yeah. four years they're going to be really, really good, but they're usually going to underperform. They'll do something stupid or undisciplined during well, a game. When very much. But we'll see. Like, BYU, I think, could be a long-term type of deal. I I don't really think much of Cincinnati. The team that's, like, I, not necessarily scary. I just I think a lot of Gus Mal's on, and you don't have to go very far to recruit very well in no. Orlando. It'll be interesting. I mean, because like West Virginia. I guess Virginia, you could say the same thing about Houston. West Virginia <laughs> thought they were going to get this great bump from going to the Big 12, but they're out in the middle of nowhere. UCF is going to get a bump, but they're they're right in the middle of it. Like, to me, they're the ones that really. Like, BYU does what BYU does. They're always. It's always going to be a little bit of a unique scenario, yeah, isn't it? Right. So, to me, yeah, UCF is the one that I think five years from now we're like, okay, they really made something out of this. Just from I, I will bet UCF has won multiple Big Twelve titles in like the next six or seven years. Like I, I think they are going to be a real problem in that conference. It was a uh, it was a big win for them to be able to go out and get somebody like Gus Malzahn. Might be kind of a perfect fit for him too. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, want to remind you guys, Dead Soxy, uh, great sponsors of the pod, D E A D S O X Y dot com. Go check them out. Uh, as uh, they have. Uh, just some of the best socks uh, that you're going to find out there. Great. Uh, like I said, always supporting the pod. Want you guys to support them. Use that promo code SCOOP. Uh, actually, uh, yeah, use a promo SCOOP uh, for 25% off your entire order. Uh, and don't forget, they also have uh, uh, corporate and uh, charity socks that you can get. If you get a minimum of 100, they'll work with you, and they'll give you $100 off uh, your first uh, order of 100 socks and uh, lots of great designs. As I've been telling you guys, we're working on them. Should have those soon. Uh, the U40 socks coming out. Uh, so uh, deadsoxy.com, D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y. The no-shows, the boardroom, uh, all of it. Just great, comfortable socks. Go check them out. And as always, stay soxy. Okay. Um, you know, it was signing day today. I guess, you know, I saw Brent's comments kind of, and you kind of talked about a lot about your evaluation of him, Josh. But a 6'5 guy that plays pretty much every position on the field, uh, is it really just kind of up in the air? Do you, do you see them starting him somewhere and then uh, seeing how it goes? I mean, you've got to start him somewhere. Like, you can't just say, okay, you're going to play defense today, you're going to play offense tomorrow. You can't do it that way. 
So where do you see him just in your evaluations? Make it, I, I feel like you really want to see this kid go be a defensive end. You guys know me. I mean, it, it is literally a crutch of my life that every good athlete with length, I want to put them on defense. Like I, I just, that, that is a standard, that's a baseline of my existence. But I think he starts at tight end. I think that's probably what it is. Now, I, I've said it before. I think what's interesting is does that give OU the flexibility to move Cade McIntyre around? Does he maybe get a look, you know, like, hey, we're not saying tight end's not going to work, but let's start you at defensive end or, you know, something like that and see how that goes because Cade is just so much more physically developed, such a big, strong guy. His dad could probably come play defensive tackle for OU. So, I mean, like, they are – uh, he, he's just a different body type where Heim, I think has a chance a little quicker to work as that kind of that flex tight end that, you know, in a, cause guys, I mean, he's lean. Is he that different from Caden Helms when Caden Helms was coming in? Probably not. I mean, like he's just not as well known as Helms was, but their body types are very similar, very long. And, um, you know, so I, I think Heim probably starts at tight end. And I, like I said, the, to me, the interesting part of that is what does that do with McIntyre? Do they keep him at tight end where we've you know kind of always been led to believe that's where he would start? Or do they move him around a little bit and let it see, you know, kind of go with, kind of watch both of them and say, oh, you know, maybe we've got this reversed or maybe both need to be tight ends or just kind of let it play out from that point. Josh, you know, you know we were talking about comparisons earlier. You know who he kind of reminds me of? He reminds me a little bit of Joe John. Body wise, <laughs> did you read the article? Like I, I was no right before we were starting the pod. I was finishing. That's exactly who I compared him to. Because like the movement skills are some people don't remember. Joe John Finley was a really good athlete. Like played quarterback at, at Arlington High. Like was was a very good player. Um, and Oklahoma was kind. It was very similar deal where they were just like, this is a six six guy who can run. Like we can find something to do with him. And, you know, obviously had a nice career, turned into a good player, you know, all, all the things you're looking for. But, yeah, I, I think there is a lot of similarity. And, you know, Joe John now may not like to hear it, but, you know, go back and look at the Joe John Finley of high school. They're, they're locks. They're kind of flowing. There's, there's some similarity there. I, you know, we went and did that interview, interview with him uh, last week before he committed, and uh, he is every bit of 6'5". Like, that's not a – inflated uh height uh you know i just looking at him he looks like he's somebody that can you know carry a lot of weight or a lot more weight than he already has he's gonna obviously need to to add some so it anytime that you can add a kid that's six five and if he truly does run a four four seven which he runs track he was a state champion in the long jump like he obviously is is extremely athletic i'm intrigued i don't know what like i don't know if he's gonna go on to win a Mackey award at any time at uh at in his career in Norman, but like consider me intrigued. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, I don't know if this is biased or not, but I'll be cheering for him because he's an Oklahoma kid. Uh, Homer, I just want to grab my mic real quick. That's fine. <laughs> Scream it out. I, he, I, I think cheer for him just as much as I was cheer for okay Justin Broyles. Homer about like, I don't know why there's a rattle in the office though. No, it's just pills. Ooh, what kind? Prescription. <laughs> Non-prescription. Damn. I think it's heartburn medication, actually. Well, I don't know. You man. The taco truck next door, you know. We'll crush them up. We'll see. <laughs> Josh, save us. You know, 
and, and talking about that, I mean, you know, and, and I, I do want to be clear. I don't know that Oklahoma is done in 2023. Um, for those that have kind of forgotten, Michael Nokocha, the, the big defensive lineman from Tyler Junior College, he's still out there. He's still in play, has told me. He, he You know, we were talking before the pod about the possibility of more and more guys not signing in this January period because – there's a debatable point of why they should like, what, what does it serve for them to do? And there are some things I've heard, um, you know, of, of ways they could incentivize that, but I, I'm wondering if that becomes a pattern of behavior, but what t- Michael has said, he said it, you know, in early January, he was not going to sign today. Wasn't really expecting to sign. I don't think in February, like I think now maybe that can change over time. Uh, maybe some schools decide, Hey, we're, we're going to go in a different direction or, you know, we, we feel our needs are elsewhere or whatever. But as it stands, his plan was to take a, you know, he was going to take an unofficial to Oklahoma at some point um, and then wanted to take his official like in March to Oklahoma. So the 2023 class, just because today is signing day, it's not like the first one where you've got 72 hours to sign and that's pretty much it. They This window goes on for a long time. If these guys can sign, and again, they can just not sign, and then they enroll in July, you know, in June, wherever they want to go. And once they walk into that first class, hey, you know, it's it's all in. So there is, um, you know, I, I think you got to be careful of there being some ideas that like, okay, this class is finished, and it's not. Now, Nakwatch is an interesting guy, um, big, long, athletic guy. Uh, I, it'll be interesting to see if OU feels you know once they've gone through a little bit of spring ball if he's still part of the plan um and he may be i I, it just like i said i think there is some volatility with him uh tcu is involved there so there are um there's several possibilities that are going to be interesting to watch i know arizona state's tried to get involved as well so just kind of keep an eye on him and like i said i don't think anything immediate is going to happen there but we'll we'll keep tracking that and then Obviously, moving forward with 2024, following you know the big junior day over the weekend, and we can certainly get into that. Well, you you mentioned if he wants to see OU, he's gonna have to wait till March because this is a dead period this entire month. Mm-hmm. So if you know if he doesn't feel comfortable and still has to weigh out his options, he has no choice but to go into March. And that again, like I said, he was expected. I think. Two weeks ago, the the second to last weekend for official visits in January, I want to say he was at Houston, and then I think he hit TCU last weekend. I'm trying to remember. He he laid all this out, and then we got into junior days, and I I've, I I won't say that I've put it all to memory clearly, but I do I think he'll get back to Oklahoma at least once more before he does anything. So that, like Bob just said, that kind of puts it in perspective. It's gonna be a little while if if it is going to be Oklahoma and if it's not then nobody listening gives a shit anymore so it, it kind of <laughs> works out go. perfectly yeah so I mean that that I don't think we have a lot of horn frogs listening but you know maybe you want to go to June to junior day yeah let's do it this one felt weird, Josh. I guess maybe there wasn't as much of an explosion on social media from the event. We kind of knew there weren't going to be any commitments. So kind of summarize what went right or you know how this last weekend went. Yeah, you know, I want to be clear that I thought 
Oklahoma had a really, like, I thought it went really well. Talking to the guys, there was a lot of excitement, a lot of enthusiasm. Um, I think some of the guys that really loved it, like Jeremy Payne, the running back from Houston, um, a guy that, you know, I know um, both myself and uh, Nick Harris have, have put in a forecast to Oklahoma. He's very high on OU right now. Uh, I don't think the visit did anything to hurt his feelings. Really has a good relationship with DeMarco Murray. And um, just talked about, I think it was one of, one of the things that was a common thread and not just for, you know, and for all these guys, not just Jeremy, was the soul mission. Like you could tell Oklahoma really spent some time putting that in front of the guys. I think one guy said it was like a 30-minute presentation or something. I mean, they really... This wasn't just like, oh, hey, and here's Caleb Kelly and the guys from our soul mission. Like, it was something they sat down, they talked about what the goals of the program are, what they're trying to do. And I think a lot of these guys that really hit home, and I think in large part because so, you know, those guys are ex players. I mean, like, they know what these kids are about to go through. They can, they've got a better feel for it. And I think that was, that was something that hit a lot of, um, uh, hit, hit the right notes for a lot of guys. Another guy that I, I don't know what OU's chances are going to be. He's a he's a kid from Louisiana that LSU offered literally the day he was driving up to Norman. So mm. I kind of thought, oh God, his head's Dominic McKinley, the big offensive lineman from Lafayette, Louisiana. I was like, I, I don't know where his head's going to be. But just talking to him, he was like, it was amazing. Like I, I he, he said something like, I'm having trouble putting it into words. Like, and you're like, wow, okay, that's. That's something. Uh, now, again, do I think that changes LSU probably end up ending up being his choice like they are for most Louisiana kids? No, I'm not. I'm not going to say that. But I think it puts into some context how big the event was and how well it went for a lot of these guys. Coming off of it, any is there anyone you feel? better about like I know Mike uh that Michael Hawkins was was back in town any sort of not quite future cast or forecast yet but you're getting closer to heading in that way well you know I I put one in for one of the guys that was there uh that, that's Bryant Wesco the receiver from Midlothian um and I know people I, I put it in woke this morning and people are like oh it's a three-star three-star you is back and blah blah, blah. And I'm like that guy's a top 100 recruit in every other ranking, but rivals like he's going to get a bump. Don't worry. Like it just, the update hasn't happened in 2024. I'd be very surprised if Bryant Wesco isn't a very respected uh, target in very short order. But I, I, he has some connections to the school. Like I, I just think he has been to OU so many more times than almost anywhere else combined that you're kind of like, ah, at some point you got to read the tea leaves here and kind of see what's happening. But I, I think OU's in really good shape there. A little different storyline, um, a guy that kind of like McKinley that I wasn't giving OU a real chance at, and that frankly I didn't know was coming in until just a few days before uh, the junior day itself was Ty Anthony Smith, the linebacker from uh, Jasper, Texas, which is kind of nor- kind of almost a little north and centralized between both Beaumont and Houston, uh, for those that don't know Jasper. But I actually saw... Um, uh, a playoff game up there this year. But anyway, um, very athletic linebacker, you know, a little undersized listed at six, two, about two Oh five right now. But man, you watch his tape. He's all over the field. It's not hard to figure why OU is really excited about him. 
came up and, and again, man, he talked a little about the sole mission, but not surprisingly, a linebacker kind of fell in love with Brent Venables. Like he was just like, man, he, he, their per, he was just saying like our personalities right off, they clicked and he really was able to kind of speak to me and really hit on some of the things that I thought were important. And there was, I don't think there's any question that he was, he's already thinking about a return trip. And I, I don't think anybody was giving OU much of a chance. We'll see where it goes. Again, that's a that's a fairly good location for both A&M and Texas. They, they've recruited that area pretty well. Uh, for those that don't know, it's kind of down. It's, it's not quite in it, but it's an area called the Golden Triangle where a lot of guys come out of, a lot of players going to A&M and Texas from that, you know, that Beaumont, Nederland area. And they're, you know, OU is going to try here. Um, it's a, it's a head coach they're familiar with there at Jasper. He was a longtime assistant, uh, over at Manville. And so they, uh, they know some, you know, some of the pieces of that staff, there's some relationship there. So I think that'll be interesting to follow, but he was a guy that, like I said, I didn't think OU had a great chance with, and I thought they really impressed him over the weekend. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It kind of feels like I'm still getting used to this idea that not only is like big time defenders going to come in and check out Oklahoma, but like just because Legit. of who they are, yeah. there's some le- legitimacy <laughs> that hell they could sign someday. Like it, it, I'm still kind of getting over that shock factor, and I know that I shouldn't. Well, guys, I mean, you know, like we talk about it on this pod for years. Like, well, it's not that OU is going to get this guy, but it's a really good <laughs> sign that cool, he's coming but, in. Yeah. You know, like it, it was like before the visit even happened, you knew it was a consolation prize. You knew that, you know, and I know, you know, in the case of Dominic McKinley, it's kind of the same story. But again, recruiting, I, I, I don't care if you're Alabama or Georgia, recruiting in Louisiana against LSU is really freaking hard to do. Um, so uh, that's nothing to, you know, be upset about or, or feel like something's gone wrong if it doesn't go your way. Uh, but, uh, you know, two other guys, I, I really should mention it. And they are guys I think OU has been firmly involved with and very, um, very active in their recruitment is Aaron flowers, who I have, a, who I have a forecast in for, for Oklahoma, the, uh, defensive back from Forney, Texas, a guy that I uh, had a chance to see in a playoff game big long good looking athlete i mean exactly what you want as a defensive back um real rangy very very natural in coverage i think could play corner could play safety gives ou some of that versatility they really like but he's been up to oklahoma numerous times really really likes the staff and i get the impression if i was going to make a bet on the first 2024 commitment he he'd be in the running like i i don't think he's terribly far from doing something. Um, I think he wants to take a few more trips, but I, I think Oklahoma's got a pretty special spot for him. And the other one is Casey Poe, uh, the big offensive lineman from Lindale, another guy I got to see in the playoffs last year in Texas. Uh, big athletic guy. We all had a chance to see him at camp last summer where he came up. We didn't really know him that well. Clearly was a guy from minute one. Bill Biedenboe was zeroed in on and really paying a lot of attention to. And Casey's another one of those guys like, he plays tackle in high school. I think he could probably play it in a pinch in college. 
Uh, I think he's probably as a, a better as a guard type. He, he kind of reminds me of Drew Samia in some ways, has some nasty to his game, good athlete, you know, very, very physical, um, and, you know, comes from a good program there in Lindale out in East Texas. So there is, um, I, I, he came away really glowing about the trip, really just, you know, kind of this was amazing. And um, I'm trying to wrap my brain for anybody that really, um, and the last one, uh, uh, you know, unless you guys have any specific questions, was uh, Nigel Smith, the big def- defensive lineman from Melissa, uh, one of, you know, one of the key pieces of this class for Oklahoma. They need to land Nigel Smith. And I think Miguel Chavis has done an outstanding job building a relationship there. Uh, Nigel really trusts him, respects him. Uh, you know, he's got a good relationship with Nigel's father. They've, um, OU's done a really good job there. And I, you know, Ni- I asked Nigel, I said, what'd you think? And he goes, you know, it was, it was amazing as usual. And I said, well, how do they, you know, how do they make it different or, you know, or can they make it different when you've been up there as many times as you has, you have, and he goes every single time. And I was like, that's a, that's a unique answer. Like, that's not something I usually get. It's more like, oh yeah, you know, and it's kind of generic, but he was very, you know, like, no, every time OU presents me something I haven't seen before, and I'm like, that's, that's, that says like those kind of answers that are, even if it was short and concise, it's thoughtful. And like, that's usually, a, again, not everything is meaningful, but it's a good tell when a guy is truly engaged in the visit he's in and, and, and doing, you know, and noticing things that he hasn't seen before. Like I, 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 if you, again, if you made me pick right now, I think Nigel Smith goes to Oklahoma, but Again, he's an elite defensive lineman. You know, for those that aren't familiar, top 50-ish guy in the country. Uh, Oklahoma's going to have to battle for him, you know, from beginning to end. Oh, that sounds fun. Junior day adjacent would be all the in-state offers. You don't have to go through all of them. But first, do you think some of these would have been made under the previous staff? Yeah. And is there one or two that you need to circle? Does it it speak to the talent base inside of – the state of Oklahoma plus a focus on in-state. Uh, I I don't I don't think there's any doubt that not all of these offers would have gone out under the previous staff, and certainly not on the timeline they have because, you know, like I said earlier, there were 30 offers last week and five were in-state guys. Now you've got the three Carl Albert guys, Trene Washington, um, Xavier Robinson, and uh, Tristan Harris. And then you, uh, I'm going to sit here and go blank on the other two. That's always the way this works. Um, but you know, the thing to remember with, with all of these guys is like I said, Oh, Elijah Thomas at Shakota was the other, or was one of the other two and Jade Nickens at Millwood. Um, Nickens is interesting just because, I mean, he, he's right now on rivals in the class of 2025. He's the number 21 player in the country. Um, it, it, says a lot i mean that for for some perspective that's higher than where they have david stone in the 2024 class so it kind of gives you some idea um nickens was a guy that had a good relationship with emmett jones at texas tech Uh, i think that just kind of carried over and emmett you know sat down watched video with everybody and they decided nickens was a guy they needed to go all in on uh elijah thomas like i said at chakota i i love that kid explosive really long i think if it didn't work out a receiver you slide him to db but um i think in several of these situations ou is clearly a very very real option nickens 
I think Nickens is going to look around a lot. I think Oklahoma's absolutely a prime contender, but I don't think he's a foregone conclusion. Uh, Xavier Robinson feels like a guy, if OU pushes hard, I, I think he's going to have a hard time saying no. Um, you know, is admitted to me he grew up something of an OU fan, um, his family, you know, the, the whole thing. So I, I think that's going to be uh, – that was a big offer for him. Uh, Trene Washington, uh, we'll see. I, I think he's kind of an interesting guy. Uh, they've talked to him about some flex tight end. I think he wants to be seen more as a pure receiver. You know, what does he think of that? Where does that go? And then with Tristan Harris and Elijah Thomas, I think OU is in good spot for Elijah Thomas. He really wanted that offer. Um, and then with Tristan, he hasn't said a lot yet. Like the, there, ha- I don't really know where he stands on some of this. But again, I mean, he's a Carl Albert guy. Um, head coach at Carl Albert is is close with Jeff Levy. Right. Uh, there's a good relationship there. So there, there is. It's not accidental. Both that OU was very serious at Carl Albert because they have got a just a ton of young good talent. And then secondarily that they were so aware of them because, like I said, there is a very clear connection between OU and Carl Albert staffs. You know, it, it's it's obviously not scholarship level stuff, but I absolutely love what Oklahoma's done in the preferred walk-on realm uh, in this last 2023 cycle. Getting a couple of kids from Bixby, going up to Carl Albert and getting to Quasi. I, I think that what they've done, it does it mean that they're going to go win a national championship? Of course not. But just adding those types of players to the program, I would much rather see them do stuff like that than go out and invite a preferred walk-on from, you know, wherever, California or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it, means, yeah. it means something to those kids. They, OU knows they've got to rebuild themselves in state a little bit. They just do. They, mm-hmm. that, that, their relationship with Oklahoma high school coaching staffs is not what it was under Bob Stoops. There's not the same trust. And I, that's not really the fault of anyone in Norman right now. It just, that was guys, we know, I mean, there was a, you know, if if all things were equal, Oklahoma was going to take the kid from Texas or the kid from California. They weren't going to take the kid from Oklahoma. And I, you guys know me, like I, I, I'm not one that says, Oh, you have to recruit here. You have to recruit there. But when you have elite guys in state, you need to have the relationships to where you can go land those guys. And too often right now, they're not doing it. The the Luke Hazes, the Micah Teases. I mean, Tulsa is, you know, is a war site right now for Oklahoma trying to land guys. That's that is and it used to be, I mean, Jinx, Union, you go down the, you know, Bob's guy, Carson Meyer. I mean, those guys were foregone conclusions. When OU offered, they were coming, and it's not that way right now. So they have got to do that. And I there's people don't understand when Brent Venables goes in and talks to one of these coaches about his preferred walk-on, that coach knows Brent Venables could be a hundred other places, but he's going to spend the time to talk to him about a kid that probably is never going to play a meaningful snap at Oklahoma. Let's just be honest about where, you know, where these guys are, but they can help that team be better. And you're giving that time to that coach and letting him know, you know, I, you're important. We, we want you guys to feel you know, like our doors are open. You come down to Norman when you want to come to the coaching clinics, do all these things with us. That's, that's how you start to rebuild that relationship, not by going and recruiting the player that everybody wants. Cause everybody's coming for that guy. But I, I, I think that's the thing that I have heard over the last few weeks is that, and I, I think I put something up maybe in scoop on Friday, but there was absolutely you know, talking to some coaches like 
they are hitting the right notes. They are making those guys feel like they're important and that, you know, they want to hear what do we need to do to be better? What do we need to do to be more present? Make sure we're getting all the Oklahoma kids we can get. It's just a fact. They've gone into some schools uh, that they literally hadn't been into in 15, 20 years. Not even to go by and say hi. Correct. Guys, I mean, you remember like that first, uh, you know, this goes back to last winter. Yes. When all of a sudden, like, Brandon Hall was in Velma, <laughs> Alma. Yes. And you're like, what the hell is happening? Because even I'm like, I mean, I, I, I beat the drum for OK Preps like nobody. But even I'm like, oh, okay, you probably didn't have to go there. <laughs> you know, like, that, that's OK. Uh, but, you know, there are, I mean, guys, there were 6A schools that hadn't seen Oklahoma in years. And I, I know there's lots of 6A schools that haven't had an Oklahoma player in years. And that that's, I get it. But you have to keep those relationships yep. because it's not just about, oh, that guy at, you know, a, a shoddy program like Putnam City North or something. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, it's not just about those guys being there because you don't know where those coaches may end up, where they may move to. So you have to have that constant, we're your guy, we're the guy to call if you run into some freshman on Friday night that we need to know about, you want to have the relationship with the guy on the other staff that's going to give you a call and be like, hey, man, this kid lit us up. You know, you, you guys need to have him on your radar, and you can be the first in. And that's that's the way it should be in your home state, but I think we know it hasn't been the last few years. The uh, top easy, ranked, way, easy to make those jokes about uh, PC North when your car's not in the parking lot to be keyed. He'll keep mine. <laughs> no, I'll, forget your car. I'll burn your house down. <laughs> hey, hey, the head coach is a patriot, man. It, it's all good. My I mailbox all, is all, deeply rooted into the ground, and it's all metal. So it is. I don't like those anyways. <laughs> I, I go for the uh, the brick ones. Uh, I, I was gonna say that you know the top ranked Putnam City North uh, basketball program is going for another gold ball here coming up over the next couple of months, but. I'm sure if you want, and I, I need to check with Putnam City School District when they go back to school, which may maybe never, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we'll probably have the Heisman Trophy on some type of display if Putnam City Schools want to come by and see it. <laughs> by the way, uh, Dan Lanning gets a nice win over uh, Lincoln Ryan. That was that just happened. He as was we supposed were, uh, to be a Trojan. We yep. Well, I mean, would you want to go play, make a lot of money? For Oregon, or uh, go play in that defense out in uh, Southern California. Didn't exactly put together a real good coaching reel this last year. They've uh, they've lost a couple guys here recently. USC, yeah. they were supposed to, uh. to close on. <laughs> anyway, well, the, the favorite thing the so best. far. We're sitting here watching ESPN's National Signing Day, and it's you know a few guys here, and we all knew it was a few big names left. But it was nice seeing. Uh, Shane Beamer land a, a nice uh, Nicholas Harbor. Because yeah. the, the Ducks were supposed to get him as of this. The Ducks had made a charge, okay. and we're supposed that was a real back and forth. Maybe it'll be the first Harbor to work out because Lance Harbor did not uh, make it through high school. Well, he ran into a knee problem, though, right? <laughs> like, that wasn't his fault. Well, he plus he had that slut of a girlfriend. Well, probably. that is true. I mean, <laughs> guys... We we know about the the crazy girlfriends. I mean, they can ruin a good yeah, quarterback. Yeah, I mean that career. was a that was it. a Brian Robinson uh, situation that he had ready to Chris. take him down. Chris, Chris Robinson. Chris Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, mm -hmm. okay. Chris Robinson. Uh, and Dalton Wood. Wow, what a name. Um, by the way, was he committed to Florida State, Lance Harbor? In the show, I yeah. think so. I believe yeah, that's I right. That's right. I believe that's right. Yep. 
I think kind of kind of makes me think I need to sit down and watch that in a while. It's been a, that and the program. I probably need to make a run through both of those. It's been too I long. I don't think the I don't program get back will into hold it up until August. I usually get back into it in August. Get both of those in before the start of the football season. I just wish they would stop showing the national championship game and just show the 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 playoff semifinals. Oh, like on Guys, ESPN. No. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, like, because I'm usually like Eddie. Like, I'm like, okay, I need my few months to decompress. Like, I, I don't know if it's because Oklahoma showed so much life in that bowl game or what it is, but, like, there's a part of me that's like, man, I, I, I'm ready to go. Like, I, I want to see – like, I miss it already. Like, usually about March, I'm like, oh, I'm dying. But, you know, now – I feel like it started earlier from this year. I'm a little more excited than I usually am at this point in the season. Josh, have you gotten into any of the senior bowl stuff this week? I, I, I almost, when you guys were talking basketball, I almost jumped in to be like, I want you guys to know I'm very much ignoring all basketball talk and focus very hard on the senior bowl at the moment. Uh, I, it has been on the entire time. I, I'm definitely watching. You know, obviously didn't get to see much yesterday, but definitely looking forward to watching it today. I, I know that just from like stuff that I've read on Twitter, it sounds like uh, – Jalen Redmond had a pretty good one-on-one session yesterday. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, there was a lot of national folks that had thrown. Braden Willis, uh, like, some blocking stuff. That Braden Willis, Eric Gray had a pretty good first day, I believe. I, just from what I like, kind of reading the tea leaves types type of deal. But I guess just because there's so many guys in it, uh, you know, as well as the Super Bowl with so many guys represented from Oklahoma, it is kind of inter- it's kind of fun that the uh, the football season is, you know, goes well into February now. By the way, interesting yeah, also that, that uh, Arizona State picks up uh, Mr. Jaden Rashada. Rashada. Dillingham putting that work. Kenny, well, Kenny Dillingham, <laughs> I don't know about work, but Kenny Dillingham will be putting in uh, work into playing the game. Yeah. I, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Just look at the staff that he has There's, We won't say a bad word about him because when he was at Memphis, that dude worked as hard as he could to get into this state. I mean, he was the first guy that offered Jalen. He's he is a huge part. I mean, I know David Glidden's at Memphis now, and and David does a does a good job as well. But he's what really established like a beachhead for Memphis and Oklahoma, like yep. recruiting those the guys I've talked about forever. Where Oklahoma, you're like, okay, maybe they're not OU good, but they're definitely good. And you'd have Tulsa overlook them time and time again, and Memphis just came in and stole dudes year after year. I just don't know about like. That as well as things go for him, if he's really successful, that thing's moving on. It's moving out of Arizona State, right? It's just hard right now for me to like really buy into somebody building a program at an Arizona State. Yeah, not but saying, as I say yeah. that, like I realize that the the world of college football is different, and there's going to be some of these places that pop up because of access to money, yep. access to cities, which Scottsdale slash Tempe is awesome like i i you know i would go take in a fit i want to take an official <laughs> visit to uh arizona state and i'm 35 i'd fix say eddie i mean that, that's one of the greatest party schools in the country i have a lot of trouble believing you wouldn't have a lot of interest in arizona state it's a good thing josh oh, i'd go play golf at arizona state that'd be good, fun good thing josh giddy's not playing for the suns oh i mean i don't know it, it wouldn't be, good be the for worst him. thing it'd be yeah it'd be great for him I'm sure he's cleaning up pretty well here, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I Arizona State's one of those programs that I feel like I, – I, I'm not telling you like they're going to go win a national title or anything like that because obviously there's a long way to go. 
But I think Dillingham's really good. I think he's a good young mind. And at the same time, guys, there's a lot there. Like that population's really growing fast. We're getting a lot of people oh, yeah. moving from California into Arizona. So you're getting more and more talent. And guys, look through the years. Like damn near every other year, they produce an elite quarterback out of that state. So yeah. if you can get those guys, I mean, you're – you're doing something well, like Phoenix, you've got the piece you need. Phoenix isn't far from Los Angeles. You can dip over there. You it, it really kind of located why location wise, it's kind of a perfect little area. Maybe I am talking myself into it. I don't know how it's going to work <laughs> out for him, but I've I've made that drive. That's a really easy and nice drive, frankly. Like it, it's super simple. Uh, I did it when I was going from. I watched Mark Andrews on a Thursday night and then drove to see Dallas Todd. On a Friday night. Well, they have Los that Angeles, whole loop so. around Phoenix, too, so it's really easy to get everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. when you made nice that air, drive. Sky Harbor's a nice airport. Dallas Todd. That's a name that hasn't been uh, uttered in a while. They had a uh, they had a DJ at the game, I remember. It was amazing. And Dallas <laughs> Todd had exactly zero, zero catches. <laughs> you know, there there is like a, a theme with guys that – I think historically over the last 10 years that we've been doing that I've been working with you guys that like when you go see somebody and he doesn't do anything, that's not usually a good thing. Especially on outside, offense. Yes. Outside of, outside of like defensive you know, back cornerback or somebody yes, like, obviously they're not going to throw to him. We get that idea. But like if it's an offensive guy and he's not getting the football, it's not a good news. Well, and even with the defensive guys, like if they're really an elite athlete, like that should be playing at a place like Oklahoma, like Peyton they're going to be a slot receiver. They're going to be a return man. They're going to get some quarter. Yep. Like they're going to find a way to have that dude impact the game. Um, like perfect example, Jacoby Johnson. Mm-hmm. Nobody messed with Jacoby. If you just watched him on defense, you'd be like, well, he's big. Well, I, I don't know anything yep, else about him. There you go. But like you watch him on offense, you're like, dang, like, <laughs> okay. Like, I don't know. If this will translate, but I could see what you're buying into for sure. I think it was our fault for going to see Leith Harlow. That was just on us. You know, I follow him on, we're still friends on Facebook. Are you? And uh, he is back in Tallahassee. And I swear to God, every other day he's selling a car to a uh, Florida State football player. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Not bad. He looks like he's doing very well, though. I think he has a family. He has a couple kids That's down good. there in Tallahassee. Awesome. He was always a really nice kid. Just, you know, kind of didn't work out on the football side. I think. His back was kind of yes. messed up when he got to Norman anyways. Right. That was uh, Lath Harlow. That's another name that's kind of out there in the uh, the OU football recruiting Lore. ether. Yeah. 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 Josh has always had, uh, like, you almost had, like, you Arizona would have been dead to you if you would have went out there and Spencer Rattler had been suspended and didn't tell you. Oh, yeah. That, that also coincided I, with the hurricane, too. Didn't it? It always... Was, uh, well, no. So the fir- when I was going to go see him as a junior, that was when Harvey. No, which no, yeah, it was well, Harvey hit in Houston, so I couldn't go. And then I was going to go see him my his senior year, and it was literally the week he got suspended was the game I was going <laughs> to yeah, go to. It was like the day and that you were going, wasn't it? Huh? It was like the day that you were going to go. You're like, hey, yeah, I'm about to go to the airport. Well, we had talked that Sunday before the game, and I was like, hey, man, just want to make sure you're healthy, make sure you're all good before I you know, get ready to get out of here. And he was like, yeah, yeah, all good. And then, like, he didn't say anything else all week. And not like, like it wasn't like he didn't respond to me. Like, we just didn't talk again. And then I want to say Wednesday night at, like, 11, he hits me up and is like, 
Hey uh, man, I don't think I'm going <laughs> to play this week. And I'm like, Oh, you okay? You know, like pull a hammy or something. He goes, yeah, just, you know, just being precaution, you know, being careful, cautious, that kind of thing. So, I mean, he lied, but at least he didn't let me just go out there. And cause I've done that shit before and that will, and oh, that was that'll a, piss me off. That was an ESPN televised game too. Yes, wasn't it was. It? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was. Woof. All right. Well, uh, we're a little bit. Uh, well, we're, I mean, we're hour and a half into the pod, so I think. Uh, is there anything else you guys wanted to get out uh, before we uh, call it a week? I don't think so. Uh, you know, over the I- next couple weeks, we'll have some diamond sports stuff with uh, softball getting going next week and uh, baseball two weeks. So kind of crazy that there's no school because of cold weather and we're talking about baseball and softball but it's all sticking ball right around the corner sticking ball is coming all right and the uh, only thing i no, the, i had one just one thing sure. the the offer yesterday to michael patterson mcdonald yeah uh kid out of westmore um there is it's not a coincidence that suddenly Michigan State offered that kid today. Um, we'll follow the this... leader between these two schools, isn't it? <laughs> wow. Yep. Yeah, th- th- there is some serious David Stone ties to this recruitment. Um, I, I know everybody's worried about Michigan State. I'm not telling you that it, that's impossible. But I, like when OU's making moves, this is the stuff we're talking about in state. When OU's making moves like that in state, it's. It, you're playing chess and not checkers. Like, oh, you knows what they're doing there. And it, I'm not saying that they offered him just to get David or anything like that. Michael's a talented kid. He absolutely is. But they know that that helps them. And so for Michigan State to immediately do it tells you they know the same. And I, I spoke to Michael. We're going to have a full write-up. We, did a, we, we talked for about 15 minutes last night. And, I mean, it's not a certainty that he's going to go to OU. And it's not a certainty that he's going to go to OU with David. But it sure doesn't hurt. Maybe the best thing that people can do out there and specifically with David Stone, but I would say this is just in general with recruiting. Don't think because a kid puts something on social media, it automatically means one thing or the other. Because well, somebody had asked him on one Instagram or Twitter or something a couple weeks ago, like, why are you always going to Michigan State? You don't ever come to Oklahoma. And he's like, my sister goes to Oklahoma. I'm there all the time. I just don't tweet about it. Case in point. Two weeks ago, he calls up Michael and is like, hey, you want to go to OU with me? Nobody even talked about David Stone being at OU two weeks ago. He was absolutely at OU two weeks ago with Michael. And, you know, like I, I can tell you, I think we've got him listed with like seven visits to OU since they started recruiting him. And I guarantee you there's three or four I don't even know about. Yeah. So, like, it's – he is – like people trying to be like, oh, he's going to Michigan State – just just stop. Like, calm down a little bit. I I would bet on Oklahoma right now. And I, I've got a forecast in. I've had it in for almost a year now. There, there's. It, I would have to see something pretty dramatic to make me change my mind. By the way, uh, just saw P.J. Adebore's brother at the uh, – Yeah, he's yep. from Northwestern. Yeah. yeah. Defensive uh, I, lineman. It's pretty good genes. Guys, I, I hope it puts into perspective for people – he is six. I think he came in at six one and five eights or something. And I think his, his arm length was like, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. His, his brother. I think it's a Tima or something like that. Uh, and his arm length is like six ten. PJ six five. I bet you <laughs> money. PJ has a seven foot wingspan. Like I mean, like uh, that. It's 
it's insane. When you guys see him, it's just going to be like, holy crap. Yeah, like, his brother oh, looked a little well, guess, little stockier uh, than PJ. He is. And he's got a younger brother that's the same way, like about 6'1", going to be an interior type of guy. P- PJ, just like all the genetic links just fired for him. Like everything just went perfectly um, for for him in the uh, genetic uh I guess sweepstakes. I don't know what you call that. <laughs> I kind of got lost. There. Uh, yeah, you did. Uh, that's all right. You pulled yeah. out without uh, saying anything to get you canceled. So good job. All right. That's going to do it for us. Uh, we'll be back again next week. Uh, we'll have lots more to talk about. Hopefully, uh, we'll have a media day uh, that we've had a chance to catch up with some of the newcomers and uh, new coaching staff and uh, Brent Venables. So that is scheduled. It was supposed to be today, but because of all the, the weather, uh, that's been pushed back. So, uh, hopefully early next week we'll we'll have more of that from the site, but uh, plenty more to come. Uh, go check it out, Soonerscoop.com, also Soonerscoopstore.com. As we're sitting in here in our in our conference room, getting colder and colder by the second. Uh, remind you, we got ten dollar Isaiah Thomas hoodies uh, still in the store. Sent out a couple. I think yesterday. you sent out some yesterday. Yeah. Um, so five dollar t shirts, ten dollar hoodies. Uh, go get those while they're still here because there's not many of them left. So. Uh, Soonerscoopstore.com. Go check it out. All right, that's going to do it. We'll be back again next week for another edition of the Unofficial 40 Podcast right here on Soonerscoop.com.